Welcome to Voices on Art, the Van Horn Gallery podcast hosted by Daniela Steinfeld. This special episode is produced in collaboration with Independent Art Fair New York City. It will be part of the fair's OVR for its next edition from September 9 to 12, 2021. I'm Daniela, and this podcast is about my personal and also about a lot of other people's enthusiasm for art. Art can touch on all parts of life, and therefore we talk about all parts of life. I hope to get you on board and to tell you interesting stories you enjoy listening to. We're recording via the internet, so please excuse any glitches and sound quality. Episode 37, recorded June 16, 2021. My guest today is Susanne Zander, founder and co-owner with Nicole Delmes of the Gallery Delmes Zander in Cologne. She's also managing director of the Zander Collection. Welcome, Susanne. Hi, Daniela. <laughs> Susanne, the program of your gallery is very special, even unique, I think, in working with boundary-pushing so-called outsider artists, and we will talk about this later. Could you first please tell me a bit more about your personal background and how you grew up? What initiated your interest in art and especially this very particular kind of art? My parents were collectors of contemporary art in the 60s. Ah, mm -hmm. And so I was grown up with contemporary artists, works of contemporary artists like Richter, Beuys. They bought most of the works they bought from Zwirner and Schneller. It was a very typical, very good 60s contemporary art collection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then in the end of the 60s, my mother discovered knife artists, self-taught artists at Rudolf Zwirner Gallery and started to collect those works. And so she opened her own collection at that time. And so I was grown up with those two different collections. So sometimes I have the feeling that what we are showing at the gallery now is just in between this self-taught art and contemporary art. Yeah, and when I was a child, already I was interested in the artists and I knew all the names and I loved it since I was a small child. And mm -hmm. when I was like, yes, maybe 10 years old, my mother opened her gallery in Munich and oh, okay. I spent a lot of time there after the school. I went to the gallery. I helped at the openings. I was there when she did the art fair, the art cologne and mm -hmm. uh, so I was just grown up with it. So this is like already in your childhood. It's like your, your mother's milk already. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I was like 20, I started to work at the gallery with my mother. And I got more and more ideas about my own gallery program, which was more in Arbrut mm -hmm. uh, than knife art. I, I'm using those terms, even though I hate them. What would be a better term? Yeah. Maybe there shouldn't be a term, you know, maybe we should just talk about art and artists uh -huh. and good art yeah. and bad art. But still, I'm using those terms to explain, mm -hmm. to make it easier to understand what we are showing at the gallery. You know, mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. that's the reason. Maybe I'm also just used to it in a certain mm -hmm. way. And yeah. But you said once that you believe that all art is coming like from the same place so that there is actually no outsider art. Did I say that? There's just good and bad art. Yeah, I don't remember that I said it. 
but that's that's true absolutely this is what i believe i don't think that there's a difference and there shouldn't be a difference and i think this is still very maybe this is not the right word but i don't find another english word now for it like mm -hmm. old fashioned to mm -hmm. think about not the artwork but the creator of the words mm -hmm. And like the same moment, if an artist doesn't have an artistic education and if he's self-taught, it can't be good art. So we have to mm -hmm. call him a self-taught artist or a knife artist and make a difference. And mm -hmm. the same moment, an artist got psycho problems. He is called an outsider and mm -hmm. he also cannot be an artist. So this is still the terms, those very negative terms, they explain you're not in and you are mm -hmm. not a real artist. You don't belong to the system. And mm -hmm. so these are the reasons why I don't like those words. I think they are extremely discriminating. Mm -hmm. I believe in the quality of art and What we show at the gallery should be treated, or the artists, the artworks should be treated like any other art work, mm -hmm. you know. And you are also operating in both systems because on one hand you are part of the contemporary art world, but on the other hand you show these artists which are still labeled outsider artists. So you actually probably even initiated their path into the contemporary art world. Yes, this is something Nicole and I decided at a certain point. We said, for us, for our gallery, we don't want this being always in this outsider corner. Mm -hmm. And we want to be part of a regular system, mm -hmm. also for our artists, to take them out of this Oh, this is an outsider, so he doesn't belong to the system. And mm -hmm. this is why we started to do contemporary art fairs with our artists, also to make it possible for a public to compare them to other artists. You mm -hmm. know, I think that's very important. I don't know, sometimes I think people still have kind of anxiety if they talk about you know outsider art they feel mm -hmm. like oh the art might be interesting but I wouldn't like to meet the artist or something like that and this is a way you know just to show it in between contemporary art and to show this is just great art you know mm -hmm. I mean there are also these boundaries are pushed in in both direction because there are artists of whom we know that they have mental problems, artists that even live in certain hospitals like Yayokuzama, for example. And still she's a very accepted part of the so-called regular art world. So I think boundaries already were pushed and you were even able that you put some of those artists in the collections of, of very well-acclaimed art museums. And how could that happen? Because... I can imagine that in the beginning, probably the perception of what you were showing was very different from, from what it is now. So what happened in the past 20 years? I think there were some global players, some persons who, mm. who are in the art world who did also believe in the artists we show and also 
knew that it's not right to make differences between a real artist and an outsider, for example. Mm -hmm. And these are persons like Matthew Hicks. He's a very important player in this. Mm, okay. I don't want to call it game because it's so much more than a game, mm -hmm. you know. In art history, in contemporary art history, he's mm -hmm. playing a big role. Or Udo Kittelmann is mm -hmm. very important. He made very important exhibitions. He started at the Kölnischer Kunstverein in the end of the 90s with the exhibition Outsiders. Oh, yeah. So this mm -hmm. was the first exhibition where outsiders had been exhibited in a contemporary art place. You know, this was mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely new at that time. And so he went on working with outsiders at the Hamburger Bahnhof. There was this series, exhibition series called Secret Universe with one-man shows of artists like, for example, Horst Ademite, who's mm -hmm. in our galleries program and others. And of course, the Biennale by Massimiliano Gioni. And mm -hmm. today there is a curator like Susanne Pfeffer, who's very deep in this field, you know, in, in just deep in art, in good art. So she's also interested in outsider or however you want to call those artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for lack of a better name. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, who, who just had a big Frank Walter exhibition and collects also Ademite for the collection of the MMK. Yes, and also very, very important for us and for the whole field are, of course, Jerry Saltz and Roberta Smith. Jerry Saltz is really also supporting our Gary in a certain way on his posts or press. And they are both untiringly writing about the quality of those untrained artists or the artists that a Gary like ours shows And they are fighting for seeing them in the big museums mm -hmm. and the big collections. And that's really incredible support. So mm -hmm. we have never been alone, you know. So it's always actually up to individuals that change the course of perception because they introduce something into another world than it originally came from. Absolutely. I'm very sure when, you know, like in, I don't know, in 20 years, when yeah. we look back on the art history today, there will be some person who brought the, in German, you would say, who brought the ball to roll, you know, I don't, oh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know yes. in English, the ball is rolling. And I think what's very important now, now we are at the point where the art historian should do research on what happened to outsider art. Why was it always out of the system? Mm -hmm. Who are the artists? Who were the galleries? And, and, and. And we are very lucky since in Cologne, the university, there is a lady called Nadine Oberste-Hedbleck and she's mm -hmm. very deep in outsider art. She's also deep in many, many fields, but knows a lot about outsider art. So, This would be just the right person or the, the university here is just the right place to do research on this mm -hmm. theme and finally give it the place in the art history where it belongs to, what it deserves. Two years I had a talk to a colleague and I asked him, why was I never part of the system in the 80s when I opened the mm -hmm. Gary and, and mm -hmm. early 90s? And 
he said, because what you show didn't have a relevance for us mm -hmm. and it still doesn't, you know, wow. and at that moment I felt like you will see it will have a relevance. It has relevance. I deeply believe in it and I will prove it. And this is something also for me personally that I always feel like if I really, really believe in something uh, yeah. and somebody says, no, that's not important. That's nothing. I feel like, okay, I'm going to show it to you. Maybe it takes years. I don't care. Yes. I don't care. That's great. But don't you think it's also because of the structure of society generally was so much more hierarchical and yes. also and discriminating against yes. certain groups of people anyway. Yes. And also, and I think art history is rewritten right now, you know, in front of our eyes. You know, it was always said, oh, there are no women artists. And suddenly you see, oh, no, they've been there despite all the restrictions. And this is true for so many other groups. And so it's true for the so-called outsider artists as well, I guess. You're so right. This is one point. So the time is just perfect now, you mm -hmm. know, for us to show the people and say, look at the works. Don't look at the life in the first moment. Look at the works. And then you see the person behind the works. But still, I think in outsider art, we still it's still a long way. Mm. Sometimes I read texts about, for example, there was an exhibition with Forrest Bess, who's an amazing mm -hmm. artist, and he was always known as an outsider artist. And there was a very important exhibition, beautiful exhibition at Fridericianum with Moritz Wessler. And I read an article about the exhibition by a journalist who wrote, well, in the newest research, we found out that Forrest Bess is not an outsider because <laughs> he had contact with other artists and he was reflected and all, mm -hmm. you know, it was like, Now we found out this is a good artist. So we take him out of the group of the outsiders because he's just too good. And it's not right to say uh, the reason is because he had context with other artists. Some of the outsiders do have context with other artists and they are reflected and it is conceptual and it's not only driven by craziness there's always an obsession or very often yes. an obsession yeah. that's true yeah, but yeah. you find this with any other artist or with some other artists too absolutely yeah or Hilma of Klimt too mm -hmm. she belonged to the outsiders spiritual artist exactly yeah. spiritual artist a medium which is always bad it's even worse actually than outsider spiritual maybe that's yes. the worst and, and, and then she's a woman which is even more worse yeah. you know yeah and now she's not more an outsider you know mm -hmm. so we are now in the process where every good artist and every artist who is accepted as an artist from the art world is now not more an outsider. We take him out of the group, which is even mm -hmm. more mean somehow. And imagine you would do that with women artists, mm. you know? So they're not women anymore. Just saying she's not a woman anymore. We take her out because she's an artist. She cannot be a woman. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think we have to pay attention that this doesn't happen also with our own language. You know, even we at the gallery, we are discussing very often how we talk about our artists, which terms should we use, which terms we shouldn't use. And there's one Mm -hmm. point which is very important to know. I don't know what outsider art means Mm -hmm. i'm an expert but i could never explain it because you cannot compare adolf wolfli and horst adamite Mm -hmm. for example yeah it's totally different maybe the only thing what is the same it has never been produced for an art market yeah that's the only point and this is what I see with any artist that we show at the Gary, that they never produced for an art market. They're produced for the world. They're produced for an idea to be seen, to be heard, mm-hmm. but not for a market. And that's the only difference. I was wondering about, because it was not produced for an art market, or in some cases even not to be shown, if there is a different attitude behind it, if it's like, for example, less ego-driven and not career-driven at all. No, I don't believe that. I think it's also very ego-driven, but not career-driven. Yeah. And most of the artists we show at the gallery studied art. You know, but most of them had been kicked out of the University of the Art Academy. We show only one artist who studied until the end, you know, Mm -hmm. all the other artists, they started to study and then have been kicked out. And by the way, some of them suffered their whole life because of that. And they are also complaining about that. And they are complaining like the exhibition we are showing is with. Adelhüt van Bender, he was an artist who lived in Berlin and he studied, I think, in the 70s at the Art Academy and was kicked out. We don't know why, because we are not allowed to see the files because of data problems, you know, which is ridiculous because there are no relatives and the whole estate is at the gallery. So it would be even important for us to see it. And his whole Every work is about that they kicked him out of the university and that they took all his rights. So he had, I don't know the English word for it, Vormundschaft. You know what it means? Custody, I think. Okay. So he must have had money from his family, but he was not allowed to spend his money, for example. And we found a letter in his artwork somebody's writing from the social office they are writing no he cannot get more money because he wants to spend all his money into photocopies this is how he was working his artwork is on copies and colors for his works and he's complaining about that he felt hurted about it if you Mm -hmm. read letters about him how those offices were talking about him, his disease that he had a schizophrenia. And so he was writing letters to the European Court of Human Rights, but nobody Mm -hmm. helped him, of course, because he was crazy. Mm -hmm. But still, he was obsessed by that. He wanted to get, imagine this, this would happen to you. For sure, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have the feeling it could happen to everybody, you know. And instead of looking at the artwork, again, 
people treat him like, oh, this guy was crazy, so he cannot be part of the art world. And you feel like, mm -hmm. what? Look at the work. And then you decide, is it good work or bad work? That's mm -hmm. it. I don't want to hear anything more. Or they ask me, oh, which disease did he have? First, I don't know it. I'm not a doctor. Mm. And second, I don't care. I don't care about any disease. You know, I shouldn't know it. That's his personal thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I just shouldn't know it. Uh, yeah. And nobody should. What I also really would like to know, I'm really curious about this. One thing is still to deal with all these things you're talking about right now. First, the perception, but probably also some problems the artists have. And you're the ambassador. You're, in a way, you're as obsessive in, in promoting them, you know. So did that change also your view on things? Did this do something to you personally? No, it didn't. And I think we, at the Gary, Nicole and I, we never saw our work as kind of a social work. It's because we love the art of the artists that we show at the gallery mm -hmm. and it's not important for us where they come from did they study didn't they study it's just what do i see in the art of the artist and does it help me to see the world maybe only for a few minutes with other eyes and then it's getting interesting mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. and for nicole you know That's the difference. Looking at the art changes something for you yes. or opens up something. Yeah, but this happens with every good art, yes. in my eyes, good art. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not only with our artists. We just followed this path, maybe also because we feel very secure in this field and we know everybody. And yeah. of course, there are also other artists who wouldn't fit into the Gary's program who are of interest and you know, can also open my eyes for something else. Mm -hmm. It's important to say it has never been and it's not a social project, what we do. But of course, it's great to know that it's also good for the artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you meet them? There are living artists, then there are also artists probably whose work you discover when they're already dead. And then you also find all those anonymous artists. So how, how do you do that? It's a question that many people ask. <laughs> of course, we are doing this since more than 30 years. So we are known mm -hmm. in the world, I would say, maybe as one of the best galleries working in that field. So people contact us. But it's also that after a while you get a very good eye for it, you know. Mm -hmm. For example, I'm so deep in the artists and the art that we show at the gallery. So if you would like to show me a wall with 100 works of different artists, I would immediately see the one where I think, oops, mm -hmm. what's going on there? There's something strange in this work. And I would like to know more about the artist and the, see more artwork. It's very hard to explain. It's also very intuitive, maybe. Or like with the artist, Albert Leo Peil, whom we show at the next Independent in New York. Yeah. Somebody contacted us. She's an art historian. And she knew that our gallery is working with those kind of strange artist <laughs> and so she showed us the work mm -hmm. and that's how we got the estate this is how we find the work people know what we do and show us works and sometimes we feel like wow that's it yes great 
And you said you will be showing uh, Albert Leo Pyle at Independent Art in September in a solo presentation. And there is also something you told me about Independent in general, that this is an art fair, this is very special and dear to you. Can you explain why? Well, we are doing the Independent now since the second fair. We had been mm -hmm. invited and there was a run on the fair. So it was really, and it is still a big honor to participate. Mm -hmm. And what the independent had done from the very beginning was just taking a gallery like ours serious. Mm. You know, it was not like, oh, now we have those crazy outsiders here. And it was like taking us serious for our artists and the work we do. And of course, Matthew Hicks, as the artistic advisor of the art fair, was very strong. He was introducing our gallery's work and mm -hmm. our gallery. And, you know, we were always could show what we would love to show. There was nobody who told us, no, you may not show this and this should be mm -hmm. like that. Da, 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 da. It was, we were always invited to curate our exhibitions for the art fair. Mm -hmm. And it was the first fair where outsiders and normal artists where all art came together contemporary art came together and the only thing what they wanted to have was good quality and mm -hmm. great galleries and so for us for our gallery the independent was a very important step also in the career of the gallery mm -hmm. and also for our self-esteem you know it gave us the feeling it's right what you are doing you are doing a great thing and we had an enormous response from great curators and museums and also from press side and so independent was a very 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 important step for our gallery and for the career of our artists mm. Because it is not easy to promote this. And, and what is the motivation that you again and again promote this? And so if there is this acknowledgement by something like, for example, Independent Art Fair or also other institutions, this helps a lot to gain new energy and motivation, I can think. Absolutely. And it's also if you see the level of people who are interested in our artists, if you see the collections, if you see the museums, if you see the curators, and if you see the press people mm. and the art historians and the collectors, these are always very special persons, you mm. know. So this makes you feeling like, wow, you are doing something right. It's not mm. all wrong. There is somebody in the world who is also very successful in what he's doing. And he also believes in the artists that you show. So mm. this makes you feeling like it's a good thing that you are doing. It can't be wrong. Mm. I mean, it took quite a while, but then it was worthwhile. So that means also persistence, just persisting, just doing what you believe in. It's worthwhile. Absolutely. But you should see that there was always a group of excellent collectors, for mm -hmm. example, who supported the gallery from mm -hmm. the very beginning. People like Rudolf Zwirner. He mm -hmm. was a great collector of the galleries when he still had his mm -hmm. own gallery. And at that time in, in the end of the 80s, when he was coming to an exhibition opening and he was like, oh, very loud and like oh that's amazing that's great 
oh my God. And he, <laughs> Suzanne, what you are doing here is so good. You know, and people listened to him and they were looking yes. at him. Oh my God, it's here. <laughs> so this helped. And there was a group of people. We always had supporters and we always had friends who were fighting at the same mm. front, you know. Mm. So there were already in this, I said, so-called like old art world in Cologne. There were already supporters, but the art world changed and we have a very different time. And what are the people now that are supporting you? No, we didn't get any support from the old art world in Cologne. And I would even say that Many colleagues bought at the gallery, many artists bought at the gallery. But for example, the collectors, they just didn't come to the gallery. Mm. And you still have this special way how they talk about our artists, like one collector, one old, very known Cologne collector came to our booth at the FIAC and we showed works by Dietrich Ort, who will be in the next exhibition of the MNK in a, in a mm -hmm. big room. After 30 years, he's a very, very important artist, I think. And she came to the booth and said, oh my God, and this guy is crippled. Mm. And you feel like, bam, it's like... Like a slap in the face. Like a slap in the face. And usually I'm always, I know what to say, but these are moments when I feel like, what should mm -hmm. I say now, you know? Yeah, it's very deep in some people to have this negative feelings about mm -hmm. the artists that we show without knowing anything about them, without knowing anything, nothing. They don't know mm -hmm. anything. It's just prejudice. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, or fear. Sometimes I think it's like fear because you don't know it. Fear because there might be something that the artist has a handicap or whatever, which has nothing to do with the work, probably. But you're fearful of that, you know? I'm not sure about that. Do you think it, it might be just a sort of like privileged um, view on things? I believe those people are scared not to be a part of the system if they say mm. that's good art. It's like mobbing. It's exactly mm. like mobbing. Why do people mob, children mm. mob or grown-ups mob? Because they don't want to be the victim, you know? That's the reason. Mm. It might be that they would like a work and buy it. And then somebody else says, oh, my God, you're buying this works. They don't belong to the system. And this changed. And I think there's a stronger self-confidence today. Mm. I think the system, at least in Cologne, lost the power. And that's good. I think this is very, very positive because it's more individual. You know, people may decide more individual what they like, where they mm -hmm. buy, how they want their collection. The collections are more open-minded. Mm -hmm. The collections I know, you can have, I don't know, Hans Belmer and contemporary young artists mm -hmm. and also artists from our gallery. Yes, I have the feeling that the collectors, the young collectors, are more open-minded. And most of our buyers are quite young. Oh, that's a wonderful development, that there's not so much hierarchy. Mm. Yes. We are getting old and <laughs> the collectors <laughs> are getting younger. So, yeah, in the end, it's a positive development, yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, because I think it might be really that the society in general and so also the art world, the hierarchies are getting flatter and flatter yes. and more and more opinions are also listened to and allowed. Yes, finally. And mm -hmm. people are getting more brave and they dare mm -hmm. to say something. You know, I always had the feeling if I like this or even more, I love this, what we are showing at the Gary, there must be somebody in the world who feels the same. It's <laughs> impossible that I'm the only person in the world who sees the quality in the artists that we show at the Gary. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. See, and probably this is why many people who have a very own opinion know mm. I can't be the only person in the world. That's impossible. Mm. Mm. But I was grown up with a very strong mother. She was like that already. You know, people laughed about her because she was collecting knife art. Mm. They were like, oh my God, knives. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. You know, without knowing mm. the artist. But she did it anyway. Yes. <laughs> She just did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you do too. I mean, you just go your own way and just believe in your own view on art. Yes. And I think everybody should do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think this is the freedom that we have. And that's great if you dare to live this freedom and if you dare to say, oh, I like this or don't like this. I love this or don't love this. It's also what I tell to If somebody's at the Gary and they don't like what we show, I feel like that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So uh, my last question would be, we already touched on that, that you will be showing Albert Leo Pai uh, at the Independent Art Fair. Can you tell me a little bit more about the artist and what you will be showing at Independent? Yes, Albert Leopold was born in Berlin in 1946, mm -hmm. and we don't know much about him so far, but when he was like 15 years old, he moved with his parents to Nuremberg, mm -hmm. and he studied at the Art Academy, but only for one year, two semesters, mm -hmm. and then left. We don't know why. And then he learned decorator. He did an education as interior designer. Mm -hmm. And then we don't know what happened. He lived very lonesome in a very small village close to Nuremberg, where he was working for the city of Nuremberg, doing very low jobs, working for the public swimming pool and did very low jobs. But in the background, in his mm. home, he did a hundred of drawings, very beautiful drawings, which are in between mm. futuristic and gothic. And they have to do with his sexuality. He was homosexual, but they're not too strong sexualized. You can just feel it that there's something going on. He was drawing portraits of fashion designers. He was very much interested in fashion. Mm -hmm. He was creating his own costumes, which he was wearing, sometimes dressed like a woman walking through the little town, the little village where he lived. So people mobbed him even more then. Mm -hmm. And so after he passed away, his estate went to the neighbor who was his friend And it's enormous. These are hundreds of beautiful 
very fine drawings. Technically, he was amazing. And uh, we're going to show these drawings at the Independent. Yeah, it will be the first time, first solo show, first time in America, of course. Oh. And we are very sure that people will love it because especially in New York, there's a certain sensitivity also for new things. It's not like people need this artist mm. has this and this name. He exhibited here and there and da, da, da. No, the people who are coming to our booth mm -hmm. in New York, they even expect that they will see something special, something new. And so we are very, very excited to show the work there. Mm. And what are you most looking forward? Will it be the first art fair then this year? It will be the first and probably the only art fair. It was our last art fair last year mm -hmm. in March. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh. now it's going to be the first one. I have a very positive feeling about that fair. I think New York is just the right place. September is just the right month for an art fair. And mm -hmm. independent is a special event because you have this special public there. Mm -hmm. That's something I'm looking for to get the resonance of people. And of course, to sales too. Mm -hmm. That's a nice chance to show the work, sell it, and yeah. Yeah, yeah super, Susanne. So um, thank you very much for taking the time. Yes, thank you. And see you soon. This was a special Voices on Art episode created in collaboration with Independent Art Fair New York. Listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the platform of your choice, on our website van-on.net, and from September on, in the Independent OVR at independenthq.com. Follow Independent Art Fair on Instagram at independent underscore HQ and the podcast at Voices on Art and at van underscore horn underscore Düsseldorf. Thank you for listening to Voices on Art, the Van Horn Gallery podcast hosted by Daniela Steinfeld. Stay tuned and connect. <laughs>